winding down. They're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. on fire the uh, i was <laughs> and i had a moment so we've got again some big races coming up next week you can go vote tomorrow if you're hearing this you know look i like early voting it is totally secure okay the people that that do it do a good job remember we have paper ballots you go in, you mark the ballot, you put it in. It's totally secure. We have great elections here in Massachusetts. We may not have great results, but we have great elections. Yeah, um, it's it's really easy if you're worried about you know too much exposure or whatever, if you're still COVID conscious. Uh, there's general, relatively fewer people during the week. You can kind of pick a time where you can go midday when yep. most people are at work. Um, you know, I, I went, again, I went to Favorin Town Hall and uh, it was upstairs. Um, you know, just go in. You, you fill it out. You got to put it in an envelope if you're um, if you're doing an early voting. But town hall in Dartmouth, New Bedford Public Library. I'm sure other people's res- uh, respective town halls uh, throughout the Commonwealth have um, have these um, have early voting there. You have to have early voting, so it's a really good way to do it. And plus, it's just kind of exciting, isn't it? Secretary Galvin is advising that not not that the mail is insecure, but that it's too close now. So you should go do in-person early voting, not mail-in voting at this point, because he doesn't. He's, he worries that your ballot might not get in in time to be counted because it's it's so close. All right, that's not an indictment of the mail service. It's just a reality that you know mail only gets processed so much, and that at this point in time, <clears throat> you're better off to go to an early voting location in your community and vote. All right, so. I think that's pretty sound advice, really. He's not criticizing the Postal Service. He's not calling them in, their integrity into question. He's just simply saying that you might not make the cut because it's you haven't made the cut yet. You haven't voted yet. Don't add a couple more days for the mails to get processed, things like that, okay? So that's that's what the, what the Secretary of State is saying, and I happen to agree with him. That it's no, no indictment of the Postal Service, my favorite government service, but... You just have to think about it logically. That it takes a couple of days for your ballot to get there. That everything's got to be in by next Tuesday. So you know, act accordingly. Now, Marcus, we have candidates coming up a few more this week. Mm-hmm. We also have Scott Lang coming in next Wednesday. This coming Wednesday. This coming Wednesday. This coming Wednesday. Don't, don't, don't talk about his Wednesday. choices, right? Yeah, he'll be in from nine to ten. So we have the Republicans running against Keating. They'll be in back to back. Jesse Brown and Nurse Dan. Um, and I'm not I'm not being 
flippant. That's the way he. That's the way he calls. That's what he calls himself. Is Nurse Dan, and uh, then after from nine to nine to ten, Scott Lang will be in. And, right. Uh, is he going to read the funnies? I'm going to ask him to read the funnies. All right. He's got to. Can he, again? I'm not sure if the funnies exist anymore. They do. In the Globe every day. Oh, in the Globe every day. Yep. Oh yeah. We we got funny. Well, because you know when I was a kid. I used to get. I remember my my dad had a print subscription to the Standard Times, sure. right? Because he used to read it every morning. We all did. <laughs> <laughs> we all we, did. We all did. No, we doesn't. all did. Um, I delivered that paper, Marcus. Did you? For many people in this area, yeah. it was your first job. It makes sense. You delivered the newspaper. It's, yeah, it makes sense. And you made pretty good money doing Some it. McCarthy people working for the Standard Times. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, there were plenty of McCarthy people there. So, um, so. Yeah, so, uh, but that Sunday used to be when, like, the, a lot of the funnies were, you, the big paper. The color insert. Yeah, right, the color insert. So but they had daily funnies. They, still they had do. daily funnies, but the, I mean, I would, you always look forward the to The real Sunday. funny stuff was on Sunday. Yeah. The real funny stuff was on Sunday, right. Their best stuff. Right. Their best stuff was on Sunday. And so, but I think, I think Those Mayor. crazy people at Family Circle. Uh, yeah, yeah. Snoopy. You might get a beat Beetle Bailey. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> An Andy Cap, <laughs> so a uh, Mama Duke. But I think Mayor Lang's um, talent for storytelling yes. will. I think he can take any funny, even the even not like the 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 premium subscription funnies. Right? right, he can he can he can take any funny and make it funny. He spices them up a little bit. He's, he he really does. He's got an excellent delivery. I remember when he he did a, a one like Steve Martin. He did one on um, <laughs> Steve Martin. Not the comedian, not the not, not the guy who makes us laugh. <laughs> the opinions of Christopher McCarthy. Take that COVID brain. Are so anyway, the opinions of Christopher McCarthy do not reflect the opinions of the, of the sponsors of or the manager. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, anyway, yeah, I thought. Um, so he'll be here Wednesday. He'll be here Wednesday. Funnies in hand. We hope. We hope. And his endorsements. And his endorsements. So, of Kim Driscoll, Mayor Salem, who was great. Yes. Yeah. And Shannon Lisbert and uh, the labor attorney, uh, very accomplished labor attorney, who's really surged in the polls in the last few days and uh, I think has... I think um, we'll ask him about the train vote and why it's important that it passes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know... I think John Mitchell, you know, when he was here the other, when he was here with us, um, actually when he was with Tim, he said that he's going to vote in favor of it, but it's not a panacea, which has always been his position. Everybody keeps saying panacea. It's getting on my nerves. Is it? Right. Everyone's saying it. It's not a panacea. It's not right. a panacea. Right. Shut right. up. No, it's, it's a piece of the puzzle. If he says it in front of me, I'm going to tell him to shut up. Right. <laughs> Mayor Mitchell, shut up. <laughs> Don't say panacea. I'm going to so, warn him. Don't say panacea. So, but he said, look, he's going to vote for it. But, you know, here's my fear, Marcus, is that when the number hits the, hits the media finally and what, what the city's going to have to contribute financially, there's going to be a bit of a backlash. That's why we got to hide it. We don't, that, you know, and it sounds like it's, you know. That's why we got to hide it. I, it's, I wonder why they haven't, they haven't mentioned it, right? Trust me, it's very, very low. It's, it's relatively low. It's very low. It's relatively Three low. Three bucks, four but bucks. But you don't, you don't want to say that and have stick a shock, right? 
And the and I don't think it's smart. You know what the problem is? Everything's sticker shock, uh, I think, because I, I think that there's sort of a misunderstanding about how much uh, government, like, city operations cost. Oh, I do agree you know? with that, yes. It's like if it's $2 million in a $460 million budget, is that a significant increase or a reallocation of money? You know, you do have the sometimes the city council squabbling over nine hundred thousand dollars to do right. a very necessary improvement to a city-owned building that right. now will just rot for another year right. and probably cost more in improvements so um so and i thought jack's plane actually had a great uh point in, in illustrating that today a lot yeah. of the things that the city council tries to skimp on that don't that that they shouldn't because right. it's real that i mean talk about the train being cheap that stuff's cheap yes right like the uh, car garage so your city workers that Get you votes in the in the in DPI. I mean, DPI more than any other governmental organization in the city gets those city councilors' votes because they fill the potholes, they plow the streets, right? right? They do the constituent services is the city councilor getting a call from somebody calling Jamie Pond at DPI. Maybe right? some of them don't do it, Marcus. <laughs> right? Maybe some but of they them don't realize. Maybe it. some of them don't do it. But well, look, you know, the fact of the matter is on that on that tent. You ever worked with metal outside in the winter? Right, I was yeah. in the army, and 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 you, it's I tried to avoid working, but sometimes you had to. Yeah, and look, it's very hard to work in the cold weather with metal. It, it's frankly inhumane, honestly. It's not healthy. Yeah, not it's, good. It's inhumane to subject your your city workers to. And, you know, it's it's summertime, so everyone can complain about the heat right now. But let me tell you something: working in the cold, working in the snow, the wet. All right, which is how we, most of us live mm -hmm. outside with metal. Changing bolts, things like that, yeah. is outrageous. So the point is, is if this number—that's where I worry because if this number comes out and you've got, you've got, you know, you've got people that are willing to cut, you know, like that are willing to let city workers who get them votes, uh, you know, like freeze outside while they do essential city services. Um, I worry that if this number comes out, people are going to be like, "Oh no!" And by the way, those, this. those city workers with their specialized skill, specialized skills can transfer, are happy to be accepted by the highway departments of cities and towns around here. Okay? Yeah, that's true. Lakeville, Lakeville got a really good acquisition. Yeah. They brought over a guy from New Bedford. They couldn't be happier with him, and he couldn't be happier our, working uh, in Lakeville. Uh, so our, our superintendent, Vinny Furtado here in Fairhaven, is from New Bedford and left because... Things weren't so great over there at the time. Right. Came over to Fairhaven. And I got to tell you, he's... He's fantastic. He's the best. Right. He's, he is he is an absolute consummate professional. Always uh, takes always takes my call. Always always got... Just always working. Uh, even when he had surgery, he was just going in. Like, he is the best. And he came from New Bedford. People are policy. Okay? I don't mm -hmm. care what policy you pass if you don't have the right people in place. Yeah. Okay? Human capital is absolutely important to government and, uh, and to corporations. And, and, and real companies understand that, right? Right. And real government leaders understand that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, I agree. And, I, again, I think some of the stuff that, I get, again, they skimp on are the things that are the most essential government services. So when they see this rail to Boston, which is... Absolutely a good thing for the for the region. Yes. It is it is a net positive no matter what way you look at it. Marcus, not only that, 
there have been other legislative priorities that have been pushed to the side mm-hmm. to make this happen. Yeah. Right? The legislative delegation moved heaven and earth. Yep. Heaven and earth. And they stuck with a goal for decades mm-hmm. to get this train. And the idea that there could be opposition well, to the ballot I'm question. not so sure. Uh, right. I don't know if it's good for me. Uh uh, It'll prove know. my point about. I heard democracy. someone say, "I'm a senior. What's it going to do for me?" And I'm like, "That was. It was the most. It'll increase the value of your it, home, it is, which you can sell it. Right. And it's like it was the most inane and selfish thing I'd ever heard one of our callers say. Frankly, like, I'm a senior. What is it going to do for me? Like, uh, yeah, you right. You might want to go to the hospital. In also, do you want to leave a better world for people behind you, or are you just gonna are you just gonna sneer like uh, uh, you know well, a grouch? Here's the thing, you um. It's going to prove my point on direct democracy, I think. It could, anyway. Because you've had all the people with all the information making the decision so far. And it's gone in favor of the city and the region. But now you're going to have people with the least amount of information making the most important decision. (laughs) (laughs) Whether it actually actually happens or not. Which I don't think is a good position for our republic, really. No. It doesn't make any sense to do all this work and then leave it and then leave, put it to the ballot. It doesn't make any sense because you've elected you've elected all of these people and they've ran on this. Right. They've ran on this and they're still running on it. And so for you to say, well, I've elected this guy. He's run on this. Uh, I'm reelecting him and he's continuing to run on this. But then I'm going to go vote against it anyway. It doesn't but make you any know, sense. But people direct do democ- that. Direct democracy. Does not follow uh, logic. I like it for things that I like. Yeah, yeah. If it's something that I like, if it's something that I agree with, I really, really like it. Right. Uh, but, but I'm the opposite. <laughs> if it's something I agree with, I still don't like it. Yeah. Because I, I, I really, really appreciate representative democracy. I really appreciate that we that people got to make a pitch to the voters. They get elected. Then they have to make some serious, informed decisions, which they're held accountable for. The idea that you and I can just show up on a Saturday and vote on a ballot question and it happens yeah. is ridiculous to me. <laughs> right, I know it really is ridiculous. It's it, yeah, it's it's really something. Uh, I'm looking. Uh, I haven't I haven't followed up, but we're trying to get someone from transportation from Massachusetts. That's Chris Dempsey's old organization. Right. Uh, who is a candidate for auditor? They're they're interested. They want to come. They want to come and talk to us about it. So I'm hoping this week we can get something together. But again, I don't think people realize it's a November vote. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, I mean, you're going to vote on this in November. No, November eighth. When you go to show up to vote for governor and state rep and everybody else, that ballot question will be right there if you're in the city of New Bedford. Yeah, and, and in Fall River. Yep. Yeah, and so yeah. we've got to find out between now and then. What and I think legally they have to disclose mm. what is the dollar amount. Yeah, and they can, and look, it's malpractice, political malpractice, to wait till a couple weeks before the election to give you the number. I think so I because think you, look, it's going to be sticker shock, right? And so you want to give the number and the explanation, and then they forget about it. No, no, no. no. <laughs> you want to give them the number. You get mad. They forget about well, it. Well, I think it has to appear on the ballot. Oh, that's. I believe sucks. it does. I that could be sucks, wrong, but man. I believe it has to that's appear on the good. ballot. I know when we've done prop two and a half overrides for, say, to build a school or to build a police station, you have to put the amount in question on the ballot. Now, here's the thing New Bedford doesn't, because of the structure, 
doesn't often have to do prop two and a half overrides right? Uh, for schools and things like that. Yeah. So they may not even know, I, mean, I, don't, I find it hard to believe, but that they have to put the number on there. Can you explain what prop two and a half is for the audience? Oh my God. So prop two and a half limits the amount of taxes that can be raised annually by two and a half percent on the levy limit. Okay. And that was. Doesn't mean. <laughs> a product of direct democracy. Prop two and a half, right? Yes. Yes. But the thing is, it had it had a massive, massive education campaign, which is what I'm critical now of, is that this train question does not have an education campaign. No, it doesn't. One way or the other. It was just sort of like like laissez faire, just kind of thrown on the thrown on the thrown on the ballot. Like, okay, yeah, sure, sounds good. And we still haven't gotten like clear answers from anybody in elected office. And it's not necessarily their fault. I don't think it's their fault. I think it comes from the MBTA. Yeah. I think, and we know that John Mitchell said, look, when he got the ballot question, he wanted to know whether legally he could do it in November because it saves a lot of money and that's a smart move or whether he had to have a special election. So he had to get some legal clarification. I think that obviously he had to do that. Mm -hmm. So that that's a bit of a delay. But here's Keep the thing, Mark. The reason I say it, I think, I think the screw up is, it, not screw up, but the delay is that the MBTA is that Fall River and New Bedford got the information at the same time. Yes. So it, didn't, it wasn't generated locally. It was generated and handed to them. Right. That's my theory. It must have been, right? But you and know what's, what's the common denominator? But the didn't, MBTA. Right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And uh, they haven't been too great lately. I don't know if you've heard. <laughs> but the MBTA. So let me say this, Marcus. As a newly handicapped person... Um, when I saw the people jumping out of the fly, flaming train, I thought, there's something I can't do anymore. <laughs> a few years ago, we need a flaming train, to, I'm jumping out. No we'd problem. have to kit your uh, cane out with some gadgets, <laughs> right. like Inspector Gadget. A It'll fire be a, extinguisher? An, an umbrella an that you just, you just sort of uh, Mary Poppins kind of out of the, out of the orange pipe. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, listen. I agree, right? I mean... Did, uh, Sorry. No. That's the only time you can call me Mary Poppins. <laughs> you Mary. But but really, guys, as a newly handicapped person, I'm a little more sensitive to those issues. Right? <laughs> hey, I get to park closer to the mall, but yeah. but I don't know I can escape a flaming train. No. No. And, and certainly... Well, it wouldn't no be the one, first time you've escaped certain death. No one... It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. I didn't come in to be a escape certain death and be abused <laughs> by you, Marcus. But, but here's the thing. And by the way, as I'm trying to make my way down the aisle of flame, I'm getting pushed to the side by some young bucks. Right, right? yeah. And um, I'm very sensitive now to flaming trains. Right? I don't, More so than I was before. Yeah, I don't view them as the party like I used to. <laughs> I used to ride the MBTA all the time. It's not the panacea it used to be. <laughs> when I had good working legs, right? <laughs> it was no problem. But now, in addition to being mugged by street toughs, flaming trains. <laughs> A cascading, uh, cascading worries for, for Chris McCarthy. 508-996-0500. Good, e good evening. You're, you're live. Yeah, Regrettably. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> What's up? Hey, about that Bob Bolzer guy. I read about him a long time ago. He was a uh, snitch, yes. and then they ended up blasting him like four times with a shotgun. J.R. Russo got him with a carbine in San Francisco. Oh, it was a carbine? Yep. Uh, I heard he got hit with the shotgun, but if 
That's what you I thought he got hit in Massachusetts. No, they got him in San Francisco. Wow. Yeah, he lives in The New Italian York, mafia doesn't sleep on you. I wouldn't want him after me. Well, it's in fact, to this very day, if you're a member of the New England mafia or an associate of New England mafia, you will see in court documents the execution of Raymond Barbo of, 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 of Joe Barboza are used as a reason to increase your bail. Because they say, look, the New England Mafia has a reputation as a cross-country organization to be able to kill informants and witnesses. And so, in this case, we have to keep this guy incarcerated because he, they have the potential to kill witnesses as far away as California. So, th so it, it's a very interesting case. What made, what made Bob Bolson was a, a bad was a badass at one time. What yes. made him become an informant? <laughs> He, he had a, they gave him a deal he couldn't refuse. He was, he, you know, he was, the FBI had lots of informants, and he just joined that team. It was easier to work that way. They, what happened is they killed. So what happened is he was locked up. He needed bail money. The Italian mafia knew he was out. His, his guys were out raising money. The, they were up at the ebb tide up in Revere. They were at different bars around the Boston area shaking guys down to put the cash together to get Bob Ozer out of jail. And what happened was they went to one bar with all, with, with all the cash and the Italian mafia clipped them, right, and stole the money. So now Bob Ozer was locked up. His guys got robbed. And he said, I want to get out. And the, and the FBI said, here's what happened, you know, and we need a story out of you. So he framed a murder that he and Jimmy, Jimmy Fleming had done on a couple other guys who were totally innocent. Not totally innocent guys. Uh, Salvati was innocent, yeah, basically. You're but telling me he had something to do with Bolger, Whitey Bolger. He had to do with Flemmy, the brother. Okay. Jimmy the Bear was his, was his running man, was his running partner. That, that's Flemmy's brother. Wow. That's small world in the uh, mob community. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there's not that many of them. And less every day. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, that just fascinated me because I read about that guy before, and I didn't know about him until I moved down here. And then I happened to be looking at something in the library oh, a few years ago, and he popped up. And I was like, wow, this guy was in the mob living in New Bedford, yet he was causing crime in Boston and other areas. Well, I'll tell you what. the New Bedford doesn't get the kind of... Um, notoriety it should for involvement with Italian organized crime, but I've read through the wiretaps on Patriarchus headquarters, which were ultimately released, and they went back decades. And you, you can read one of the wiretaps. You have a bunch of mob guys come down from Boston to meet with Raymond Patriarcher in Providence, and they want to lay off their bets, right? So they have too much action on one side of, the, of a football game. They need a place to lay it off. And, and uh, Patriarcher tells them, that kind of action, I can't handle it. Call so and so in New Bedford. It's redacted, but it says New Bedford right there. That's wow. how much action, gambling action, was going on in the New Bedford area as far back wow. as then. That 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 Patriarca couldn't handle the layoff from from New Bedford from Boston, but a guy in New Bedford could. Well, as they say, there's always some dirt going on in New Bedford. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, have, have a good night. Have a good night. 508-996-0500. We're going to take a break. We will be right back. Listen to us live. And good evening. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. So we have um, a lot of um, candidates coming up still. And um, yeah, the reason we're doing that, folks, we're trying to get you to go to the polls Yeah, between now 
and primary day, which I is the day after, you. which is the day show after up to your house and tra- drag you out. Look, Marcus and I don't have to work Labor Day, but we're going to be here. Yeah, we don't. I actually could have taken it off. It is actually the only day I could have taken off right, right. <laughs> for the rest of the, the, so rest the, of the fall. We're coming in the day before the election. We'll be covering it. We'll be covering election results Tuesday night. That's what night. heroes do. Right? That's what heroes do. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll be coming in for election night. So Tuesday night, we'll be here getting the results, we, breaking them to you. We haven't had uh, an election night coverage uh, episode since the 2020 presidential election. And now... It's just part of our regular programming, which I love so much right. because we not only have these elections, again, I've, I've said this before, but we have in the spring, there's the town elections, yes. all the town elections, Dartmouth, Fairhaven, Freetown, everywhere. Uh, and then we have the city elections coming up and the mayor's up for re-election and all the city councilors obviously are up, are up for re-election. You could see some movement. So every see, election season if you're a, if you're a local political person, election season never ends, never and ends. so it's going to be really exciting uh, that we get to be here. First of all, on primary day and on the general election day, but Tuesday primary day, we're going to be here seven and ten. We're going to get the results, and I'm hoping, actually, I know we will. We'll get calls from the candidates, uh, some of the candidates that have won or lost their elections. Hopefully, the losers. I would. I hope it's the losers too. I hope no, it's a loser. But, but look, if I'm texting you, that means I think you're a loser. I'm just kidding. I'm here's joking. A, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. But in all honesty, no, no. There will be people who don't win, but there's no losers. <laughs> That's not true. There, That's there'll not be true. electoral losers, <laughs> but depending on what you do with it, the day after is what you're going to do with it, right? So, if you uh, uh-huh. if you lose uh-huh. and you go into the fetal position, then you've lost. But if you get back out there, thank your supporters, pull your signs down, and start right away on proving why the voters were wrong. Uh, Yeah. Unless you, I mean, unless you get really smacked badly. Yes. Then you're a loser. Like, if you get, like, absolutely washed, right? Right. Rinsed. But Then you're a loser. So you've got. The governor's side, but I the, think, but the governor but, on the Democrats has been decided, but yeah. the governor on the Republicans is very much wide open right now. So deal has, uh, deal has like a 27, 30 point lead, but there's also 30% of voters up to up for grabs in the right. latest poll. There's a margin for error and all that. So there's voters up to grab. Chris Doty's going to be in tomorrow actually. See? So, uh, cause he wants to talk to you and you can give him a call at 508-996-0500 and we'll, we'll be looking forward to, to speaking with him about his, uh, about his campaign. But um, yeah, that's pretty much wide open. Uh, that is just that that election is a barometer for whether or not the um, the general election is within the realm of possibility for the Republicans. Yes, yes. Um, you know, I look back on 1990, and this is not 1990, but I look back on it and remember that Bill Weld was way down to to, to, to silver, and um, nobody remembers John Silver anymore. Right. He was a Democrat nominee, and um, and Bill Weld was able to beat him. So there is that opportunity, but I do think it has to be the right Republican. Yeah. It has to be the Republican who, who can finance an election, Chris Doty. It has to be an elect, a, a Republican that is respected across the board. I think that, unfortunately, Jeff Deal has tried and failed multiple times, and He's not going to be able to do it in November. It's what you call an also ran. Yes. Um, and yeah, because he ran for state senate, then he ran for U.S. senate, 
and then he ran for governor. Uh, governor and so what's next, president? President. Yeah. I mean, really? <laughs> yeah. Really? It's it's. Uh, he is not showing up to debate Doty. Um, he didn't is, show up to support his lieutenant governor yep. uh, at, the Howie Car Show. at the Howie Car Show. So, um, look, primaries are good for the political party that's having them. They really are. I mean, I think that Mara Healy is is she's happy that she doesn't have a primary anymore. But the reality of it is. That it gets you a lot of media, and it and it really sharpens you up. Okay, so Healy has not had a lot of political campaigns. She successfully won that attorney general's race a number of years ago against Tolman in an upset. She did it. Most people didn't think she was going to do it. She did it, and but that was her last competitive. I, I race. met her when she was getting signatures. I had no idea who she was when she was getting signatures. Honestly, I wasn't as much of a you know mass politics head as I am now. But um, still, I mean, that was largely seen as a as a as a huge shock um, that she that she beat Tolman. Tolman's brother's the head of the AFL CIO, right? Exactly. You know? And he was a state senator, and he'd been around a while. He's coming out of Watertown. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, uh, we're talking about more Healy. Yeah, she's going. Yeah, so, so, and, and the importance of primaries. So, the fact of the matter is that Chris Doty. Is 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 a vo- is not getting the experience. Because Deal won't, about, won't won't show up and debate him. Right. He Deal won't engage him because Deal believes he's going to win the booby prize, which is to win the nomination. Big deal. Yeah. Right. He can't finance a general election. He can't. No. Right. And so therefore, he can't even finance the primary. Exactly. He's just going on his name recognition. So he's denying the Republican Party a competitive ticket. Yes. It's it's just really he's sort tragic. of denying it's himself that. I mean, very I mean, they're sort of yeah, they're sort of denying themselves that too. I mean, but. Um, he, uh, right. He's not running TV ads because he has no money. Yeah, right. Chris Doty's running ads. So he's I running do, ads here. Yes. So I do this, Marcus, in the mornings. Um, I am purposefully watching the Boston News channels to catch the ads, right? To see what, I mean, I, I'm a glutton for punishment, right? Same. So yeah, right? definitely doing that. Because I want to see what yeah. candidates are really out there running stuff, yeah, yeah, right? For sure. I want to see what the ads are. And I think that, um, there's a you know a lot of good ads running right now, and and you can also tell by how often you see them. Right, right. What's the repetition? So I I generally watch Channel Four, Channel Five, Channel Seven for the Boston area mm-hmm. um, to try to sense you know what's going on uh, in the area. And so you're seeing a lot of ads right now, but no Jeff Deal ads. None. None. Because he can't. They're can't. expensive. And he's got taxpayer money for his campaign. Right. It's outrageous. It is outrageous. It's pathetic, really. Yes. It's it is. It's pathetic. By the way, Donald Trump is gonna drop him like Donald uh, Trump pulls endorsements. He can't fail. He can only be failed. And so if 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 someone like he did that with Mo Brooks. With right. Mo, when Mo Brooks was losing he, he endorsed Mo Brooks uh for Senate. In Alabama, yeah. In Alabama. And then when Mo Brooks was looked like he was losing, he endorsed the other person. Right. And that person won. Right. Right. So he'll just pull that endorsement. So look, if um, Jeff Deal's claim to fame is Trump, well, I don't think that Trump wants anything to do with him. And we haven't seen Trump come in in the primaries on Tuesday. Yeah, it's like I, I like people who don't, you he know, likes who don't people lose who win. Election. Yeah, exactly. I like people who don't. Yeah, I like don't people who captured. don't lose. Right. Yeah, exactly. I like people who don't get captured. <laughs> 
<laughs> really a jerk remark. <laughs> funny. Funny, it's funny. But it's just it's, a jerk remark. You're talking about John McCain. He was so. talking about John McCain, who who definitely sucked as a person after he got captured you, and released and elected the Senate. So right. He so, so it's funny. There's a lot lot of disappointment about John McCain. I particularly did not like his foolishness with campaign finance. Um I really thought that was very disingenuous. But still, his his service in Vietnam was was heroic. He could have left, but he stayed a POW. Yes, he did. And that, For that's five a, years, right? Yes, yeah. yes. That's a major personal sacrifice, to say the least. Yeah. His communists were brutal. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Gentlemen. Yes. What's up, Sam? Hey, Sam. How you guys doing? Good, thank you. Good. I'm trying to be an informed voter here. So, I know I'm usually just joking around and stuff, but I'm... Uh, I'm trying to look into uh, what I'm eligible to do because I'm an unenrolled voter, so I can pull either ballot. Is that correct? But not both. But not both, yes. Right. I understand that part. Um, I, I'm i not smart about this, but I understand I can't take both. <laughs> no, um, I know, it's, but, but a lot of people aren't sure, and I understand. Yeah. Yeah. So now... Uh, what happens, let's say that I, because I just went online and I looked up what the sample ballot is and who's actually running on what, because I hear you guys talking about this stuff, and it's very confusing when you don't follow it that closely. Certainly. I, I think the average person, you know, the more I learn about the stuff, the more I figure out that there's probably a lot of people out there that have, haven't got much of a clue about what's going on with this stuff, because I listen a lot, but I don't find myself educated enough to, to really understand the differences between who's running for what things and right. um, what it all boils down to. So now that I've turned myself into a dummy, um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm i still confused as to which way I should vote on this because I don't know, like there's some names on the Republican ballot that I think I would probably like to vote for, but there's also names on the Democratic ballot that I think I would like to vote for. So, so I don't. So because I I don't think you're alone, Sam. So let's walk through a little okay. exercise. Sure. All right. Let's decide what ballot you're going to pull first, right? What ballot right. you're going to yeah, pull, yeah. and what ballot you're not well, going to pull. Well, so right? here's here's the thing. There are mo a lot more candidates on the Democratic ballot Correct. than the Republican one. Yes. Both locally, because okay. yes. you live in Fairhaven, so both locally and yep. and statewide. Right. And you've and okay. you've got a, and you've got a rep race. Uh, that uh, that 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 really the competitive part of it is in the primary. So on the top of the ticket, which is governor, mm -hmm. that election yeah. on the Democrat side has been settled, not officially, but okay. but so you can vote for a governor in the Democrat side, but there's really only one choice now. It's Healy. But if you okay. go down the ballot, there's a full mm -hmm. slate of Democrats that are competing against each other. At least two or three right. in every election. So now, you've got. On the other side, governor, on the, the Republican side, there's a governor's race and a lieutenant governor's race, and that's it. That's it. The other the other okay. primaries have been decided. So it depends. Like it basically depends on how much, how badly do you want to vote in the Republican primary for governor? Yes. If it's you know, if you're enthusiastic about that race, if you think one of those guys should represent the Republican Party in the general election, uh, then right. you can pull that ballot. If you really more if i'm being frank if you want yes. to decide if you want to actually have a vote on who gets to go to the general and democratic side and 
who not only gets to go on the Democratic side, but who's probably going to be that person that's going to win the race right. uh, and be right. that next elected official, then you then you then you pull the Democratic ballot. Yes. So and I mean, there's a couple of people on the Democratic ballot ballot that I um, that I've actually spoken to one uh, one in, in particular that reached out to me uh, in town and you know was very nice, talked to me for quite a while. Um, I've gotten some mailer from mailers from him, and uh, I'm you know I'm tending to. He's got my interest. He's he's like you say, you know the guys that are out there buying ads and uh, making themselves known is name recognition and and it's kind of what I'm going for. So Sam, uh, I think actors, that people, know? the person that reached out to you personally and that you made a connection with, feels to me like they earned your vote. I think so. That would that would be the kind of thing that would cause me as an unrolled voter to pull the ballot because I want to reward that kind of campaign. Because that election you're going to vote for is going to have probably the most day to day impact on your life anyway. Yes. So, sure. um, so that's probably the most important. That's the race that's closest to you. So, right. if it were me, um, uh, I would probably go with that. I mean, like you said, that guy's done work to earn your vote. Um, and so I, that's what I would do in that position. So I'll tell you yeah. on the Republican side, the, yeah. the governor's race is not even so much about this election as about the future of the Republican party in Massachusetts. So, okay. so that if you pull a ballot and you vote for Doty, you're going to have nothing else down the rest of the ballot. Okay. You'll get to see all these candidates again in November. Um, sure. so Really, if you if you've had a competitive bid for your vote on a local election, I think you want to think very seriously about pulling that ballot. Yeah, yeah. All right. I mean that that helped because, like I said, I was kind of up in the air. I didn't really have a way of narrowing down what I would what I was thinking about doing. But what you guys just explained kind of helped. So, Good. Um, yeah, it did. All right. You know, Excellent. Was gonna, I was wondering, you know, if you. If you guys had time to, you know, discuss the ballots, and I know you have been, but I'm saying, like, you know, to go through each stage of quick, which one is, could. you know, what yeah. is what, you know, we'll, 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 we'll like hold, a sample ballot. We'll, we'll hold we'll hold you there, and then we'll just we'll do yeah. a we'll do a quick run yeah, of uh, d- down the ballot. All right, thanks, Sam. Appreciate okay. it. That's it. that was a great call. It was. And I think a lot of people are in his shoes. So, on the Democratic side, Governor Moore, Governor, it's going to be the governor gubernatorial is, is Moore Healy. Yes, Lieutenant Governor, you have. Kim Driscoll, who's the mayor of Salem, I can't stop that. Okay, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> it's 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 good. Uh, Kim Driscoll, the mayor of Salem, she's been the mayor of Salem since two thousand and five. She seems to be raising the most money. She came here. She came here. She person. came here and gave one of the best interviews. I would say so. Yeah, that we've had here, um, and one of the best candidate interviews that I've definitely done, and because um, of her, not because of me. But uh, she, so she's on the ticket. Tammy Gavea, who also came in here, yes. she um, she's a doctor of public health. She's a state rep from Acton, two-term state rep from Acton. She seems to be endorsed more endorsed by Shane Burgo. Endorsed, yeah, and she seems to be she's she's got a she's got a good amount of endorsements. The MTA endorsed her too. Okay. She's the more progressive candidate. Okay, um, she's sort of the. Yeah, she is the progressive candidate, so she's been endorsed by a lot of those organizations, and I believe the MTA as well, in part because of her position on charter schools and because on uh, MCAS. Then you've got Eric Lesser. He is the he is the state 
a senator from Longmeadow, which is a suburb of Springfield in yes. Springfield in his district. He's the co-chair of the Gateway Cities Caucus with Tony Cabral. He did tour New Bedford with Tony um, uh, earlier last week. He was at the Bay Seafood Auction, and then he went to Pace and talked to them. Uh, he used to work. For, he's a former Obama aide, right. and he wrote the gambling, the sports gambling bill that right. that passed. He, right. he essentially wrote that bill. Um, you have. Uh, so going down from that attorney general, that's that is such an interesting race now. Okay, so you have um, Andrea Campbell. Andrea Campbell is a Boston City Councilor. She's a Boston City Council President. She was a candidate for mayor. She came in third in the mayoral runoff, so she didn't make it to the general. Uh, but then she decided uh, she got endorsed by the Globe and she ran for mayor. Then she decided to run for attorney general. And she was a she was a lawyer for Deval Patrick, again, Boston City Council president. And uh, she was endorsed by Ed Markey, a bunch of other reps. She was law, uh, state reps. She was largely seen as the front runner. Um, and it was more or less seen as a, a coronation. But then Shannonless Rodin came comes in. Shannonless Rodin is a remarkably accomplished labor attorney who's she came won- here physically. She came she came in here and talked to us about her track record on disability rights, on workers' rights, the the major settlements that she's uh, that she has uh, the major settlements she has secured for laborers. She's been endorsed by like fifty some odd labor unions. Now Michelle Wu's jumped into that race. Elizabeth Warren's jumped into that race. Former Mayor. Kim Janey's jumped into that race just as the polls are starting to tighten up and look like the momentum's really swinging in this Rodin's direction. Uh, Quentin Palfrey's also in that race, very experienced. He came in here too. I thought he was excellent. He he's running. He worked for Obama. He worked for the Obama administration. Worked for the Biden administration. He also worked for the Attorney General's office. Worked with Maura Healy. Maura Healy's uh, very much behind um, Andrea Campbell. Uh, I don't know if that's actually working in Andrea Campbell's favor because a lot of people see it as a power grab. Um, But uh, that's a really interesting race. I think all three of them are good candidates, and I I like them all. I've met them all personally. I like them all personally. So auditor's race, you have Chris Dempsey, uh, who is the he was the he was the assistant secretary of transportation in Massachusetts. He was the. He uh, he he was a transportation reform advocate. Uh, he worked. He ran the No Boston Olympics campaign that basically got uh, uh, got the the Olympics uh, Massachusetts out of the Olympics uh, consideration. Um, and he's been endorsed by Auditor Bump. He's been endorsed by Karen Spilka. He's been endorsed by a lot of legislatures. Uh, he came in a couple a week ago yep. uh, to talk about his campaign. He has a, I think, a really good plan for trying to uh, to try to fix the MBTA using his experience as a transportation reform advocate. Uh, so I was really interested in that. Diana Zaglu came in after the feast. She's she was awesome she too. Yeah, I mean, just a. Rem- a remarkable political talent was really loquacious, really good. Uh, she has a plan to audit the legislature. I thought her legal reasoning behind it was fairly solid. Again, I'm not an SJC justice who's ultimately going to decide that if she tries to do it and she's elected, but a very good candidate has spent a lot of time down here, has gotten the endorsement of a lot of New Bedford uh, city councilors and reps. Um, so she's definitely someone to look out for. 
Bill Galvin and Tanisha Sullivan. Bill Galvin will win that election. I don't think it's honestly worth your time. Um, he's going to win. He's going to win easily. But Tanisha Sullivan is an NAACP lawyer who uh, has basically argued that Bill Galvin isn't doing enough to increase uh, election participation, election equity. But the polls show Galvin so far ahead that I don't necessarily think it matters. So those are all the statewide races. Right. Uh, did I cover everything? You got everything. Because let, let Deb Gold. Has no, has no opponent. Let me do the Republicans. <laughs> so, so here's the thing: you've got one race. You've got a ter- you've got the governor and lieutenant governor. There's a competitive election there, yeah. and there's nothing else on the rest of the ballot. Yep. There's no competitive election. Yep. You've got Rayla Campbell, absolute clown. Right. The uh, worst. Just a horrible, horrible human the being. The worst. Uh, candidate. A right? liar and a disgusting agitator. So you're going to have an election. Uh, homophobe. So, She's so awful. You pull the ballot. In the in the Democrat in the Republican primary, you're voting for governor, lieutenant governor, and then there's nothing else on the election. Now, the thing is, that's because the candidates that are running are going to get automatically in November. All right, yeah. Tommy Hodge, people like that will be on the ballot in November. Yeah, and of course you have the the sheriff's primary, Mayor Attleboro Mayor Paul Haru, Nick Bernier, and right. and uh, George McNeil. You also have. Uh, Bill Strauss and Rick Trapillo, if you're here in Fairhaven, if you're in right. Dartmouth, you have uh, Chris Markey and Cameron Costa. We actually right. got we actually got to take a break. We'll Let's be go. right back. 1420 WB. Disappointed. I just told you I, I booked a vacation of the Berkshires, right. which I'm excited for in general, but I'm disappointed that the, the foliage reportedly isn't going to be as, as, as uh, vibrant due to the heat, str- the heat wave. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Mark. It is it is very much a white people problem, but very challenging. Very challenging. If that's my worst problem, I'm doing okay. But uh, I am disappointed about that. But anyway, uh, great show today. We thank DA Tim Cruz. His opponent, uh, Rashawn Hall, will be on tomorrow. And Chris Doty will be on. Chris Doty will be on at 7. Rashawn Hall will be on at 8. They're both going to be taking your calls at 508-996-0500. Then we'll be back on Wednesday with the with the Republican candidates for Congress, right? And then Mayor Scott Lang. Yes, we've got a packed week. It's it's real busy. So, um, and then on Friday, Cameron Costa. Monday, Chris Markey. And right. then of course, election coverage on Tuesday. You want to you want to tune in because you want a real time update about who's going to win this these elections. So, and we'll be here, and we'll hear from the candidates that won and lost too. All right, guys, we'll see you mañana. Mañana.